Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Your next storyteller is Chelsea Ochoa. Chelsea is an improviser with Playback Theatre West and the creative director of Soul Stories, another wonderful storytelling organization here in Denver. She shared this story in front of a live audience at Bumport Theatre in October 2019. The theme of the show was fake. Well, hey, everybody. Hello. All right. um, So I have a question for the audience to start. It's about magic. Is magic real or is it fake? So I'm talking about, you know, I'm not like, not rabbits out of hats, but you know, like magic when life seems to be so synchronistic that of all of the things that could possibly happen, the stars have aligned and the thing that was meant to happen happens. So who here thinks that magic is real? Who thinks that it's fake? Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, I was raised to think that magic was real for sure. I was raised by a Southern California crystal hippie. We did a lot of vision boarding and words of affirmations, which is why I was very surprised at the age of 22 to find myself in a potentially dangerous romantic relationship that I knew that I had to get out of. I asked myself, how did I get into this situation? I have vision boarded so much about my dreams. <laughs> I had all of these broad, vague dreams about traveling the world and being on stage in front of thousands of people and creating world peace, and it wasn't happening. And I didn't know how I was going to get myself out of this feeling unsafe situation. So I go to my community college and I'm on my way to do my homework and out of the corner of my eye, I see this piece of paper that's like 10 feet away and I'm in a big hurry, but for some reason I turn and I go and get this piece of paper and I look at it and it's a flyer. It says, travel, perform, impact. And I was like, that is exactly what I want to do. This is my fate. And so I did this application for this organization. It's called Up With People. It's basically Peace Corps meets Glee. Some of you might have heard of it. You meet them wherever you go. So I interviewed to be on Up With People, which is basically traveling the world and performing and doing service work. And the guy asked me, hey, how did you find out about us? And I said, oh, I found this flyer at Miracosta College. And he said... That's weird because I'm the only person in San Diego County that flyers for Up With People. And I have never been to that, that community college. And I was like, oh my God, this is my destiny. So I joined Up With People. In 2011, I was in Monterey, Mexico at the height of the drug cartel gang wars. It was a very violent time. In fact, the entire city had an 8 p.m. curfew. And when I was there, my host family had someone get kidnapped, never to be seen again. On that day, we took my host family's kids and the kids of the guy who was kidnapped up to a little ice cream shop called La Michoacana. Some of you maybe have been to a place like that. And we just sat there and waited until it was safe to come back home. And in the midst of all of this chaos and people being decapitated in the streets, almost everyone who could afford it had left the city but there were some people who stuck around. And one of them was a man named Angel. He had this vision to build a center where he could perform cleft palate and cleft lip surgery for kids. And so I was there helping him. We were doing demolition and getting really dusty and trying to make this vision that he had come true. 
And I just thought that was really cool that some people were still willing to stick around. And even in the midst of all of this chaos, people were waking up in the morning and making breakfast for their kids and paying the bills and doing their life because they had no other choice. And I thought that in itself, in itself was kind of magical. Over the next few months, we traveled west across the Sonora Desert to Los Mochis on the west coast. And there I was placed in an orphanage to stay and help with the kids there. The first day that I got there, I went in and I sat down and this little six-year-old mute girl came up and she ran right into my lap and she put her arms around my neck, which was really sweet and also very unusual for a kid that has never met this adult. And then there were these other girls there that stayed on the other side of the room and they were very, very wary of me. Eventually, the dona, the boss of the orphanage, explained to me that some of the kids are going to dote on you because they're very, very eager that hopefully someone will, will adopt them. And some of the kids are very afraid of you because they don't want to be taken away from this one place that they know is safe. I eventually, over time, got to know these girls really well, and we became very close. And it was a really sweet time. At the same time, it was also a kind of quietly tragic time. The, the girls were never allowed to go outside, and so after dinner, we would just take them into this little courtyard and just run them in circles for them to get some exercise. On my last day, I was really sad that I was leaving, and these mysterious people showed up. But I wasn't allowed to ask any questions about anyone there, so I could just observe. There was this tall British man and a woman from Mexico City and a little girl that didn't look like she was related to either of them. She had a little red afro. And they were dressed very like cosmopolitan, but they were very warm and sweet, and they were very excited to see everyone there. Everyone knew them, and they had this big barbecue. They brought all of this candy, and it was this big celebration. And I was right there in the party and had no idea what it was about. Until that night, my suitcases were packed, and I was going to leave at sunrise. And the dona invited me into the kitchen. We sat under a little plastic table with a little plastic tablecloth, under a little yellow dim light, and she poured me cup after cup of like horrible Nescafe instant coffee. And we stayed up till three in the morning, and she said, now you can ask me anything you want to ask me. She had a million stories about all of this amazing work that she had done, and I found her to be a very magical person herself. And then she told me this story. A long time ago, a few years back, there were these two little sisters that came to the orphanage at a very young age. The older one was very bright, and the younger one was full of spirit. She also had some developmental disabilities. When the older one was four years old, she said to the dona, when I grow up, I'm going to be an anthropologist. And the dona was like, little girl, where did you even hear that word? How do you know that you want to be an anthropologist? And she was convicted that she was going to go travel the world, visit all of these amazing pyramids, and learn about the ancient cultures that had once lived there. So the Donna was a little bit sad by this because she knew that it was not very likely that these girls would ever get adopted. And if they got adopted, then they would have to find some way to go to college, and it just seemed really unrealistic. A few years after that, a couple came to adopt a different little girl. And then they met this little girl who wanted to be an anthropologist. And they were like, this is supposed to be our daughter. They both worked at the University of UNAM in Mexico City in the anthropology department and spent their lives traveling the world exploring these ancient pyramids. 
And they were like, this is our daughter. We have to take her. But they were only prepared to take one child. And the donna had to face this choice. Do I let this girl go and live her destiny? Or do I keep her with her little sister who will probably never be adopted? And she decided to let the girl go. But they made it this pact that every year the family would come back and they would visit the little sister and all the other kids in the orphanage so that they could maintain this relationship together over the years. And they had kept true to their promise. And that was the British man and the woman from Mexico City and the little redheaded girl that I had seen that day. A few months later, I had traveled down to Mexico City and I got word from the orphanage. And they told me that the little girl, the younger sister, who had those developmental disabilities, was also the same little girl, by the way, who crawled into my lap on that first day. She was put in contact with Angel in Monterey, Mexico, and they were able to fly her across the country to Angel, and he was able to do reconstructive surgery on her mouth. And so now she has learned how to speak for the first time. And I really hope that I can go back there one day and hear what she has to say, because she's such an amazing person. I feel like there's a lot of magic in this story, but it's layered on top of all of these terrible things. And I think that's the cool thing about humans is that even when there's all of these terrible things happening in the world, we still have this ability to create magic for each other. So I do think I believe in magic. And I think it's two things. First, I think it's the willingness to do the unlikely good. And I think that it is a perception through which we can see the world when we choose to identify these different patterns and look at the world with a lot of gratitude. So it's not so much about the stars aligning for us, it's more about us aligning ourselves with the stars. Thank you. Keep it going for Chelsea. The Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Jesse edited this episode. A special thanks to all of our sponsors, Bumport Theater Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank Megagem, who provided the outro music you're listening to right now. You can find a link to their music in the show notes for this episode. And while you're there, please leave us a review. That really helps other people find our podcast. Okay, so who's still listening right now? Anybody? I make my kids sit through the credits when we watch movies together, so I think you rule. Since you're still listening, I want to make a request. Please take a moment sometime this week to share one of the stories from this podcast with a friend. There's someone in your life right now who really needs to hear from you, and we want to be your excuse to reach out to them. And let us know how it goes. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, thenarrators.org. Let's take care of each other this year. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.